When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel L. Conlon, if you missed it yesterday, uh, Dennis is out uh, for the next uh, week, actually. Dennis will wow. be out. I know. He's taking a whole week off. He's out today, tomorrow, all the way until next Thursday, just in time for Joel to go out of town for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got Joel and myself uh, through Wednesday, and then Dennis and I next Thursday or Friday. So no no Spencer, Joel, Dennis for the rest of August, or rest of July, until August. Um, yeah, that's how it's going to be for the rest of the month here. Anyway, we got a lot to discuss, though. It's, it's earnings season, guys. We got earnings from AT&T, Biogen, Domino's, Southwest, I mean, the air, a lot of the airlines, right? Southwest, American, Alaska, all reporting this morning. We'll talk about earnings. We'll talk about what's on your mind. Drop your tickers in the chat. We will do our best to cover them all. Um, and, yeah, Mark Chaikin is supposed to be on here in about 12 minutes from Chaikin Analytics. He joins us every other Thursday. And at 9, I'll, I'll have Peter Tuckman, the, uh, the Einstein of Wall Street, on joining me as well. Joel, good morning. We'll bring up your charts and um Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, I'm gonna have to earn my keep here through next Thursday, right? I mean, without triple D, I might like have to say seven, eight, nine, ten sentences I for know. the whole show. Uh but uh no, he I talked to him before he left. He's just he wants quiet. He wants quiet in the market. It is quiet. And uh so far, uh <laughs> he's getting that. Uh about a 10 buck range overnight. Strong close yesterday. So we'll be keeping an eye on that 5150. The only reason is that's your pre-market low. So no, no downside until we at least take out the pre-market low, which uh coincides with the close. Uh the high 4361 and a quarter. I wish I could say I had something up there, uh, but I don't. Uh, I would just say uh, above that, you know, you got your five and six day highs and you have your old time closing high. That might be a little much to ask for today after the big, uh, big rally on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, crude getting back half of that move in three days after the big decline. Be keeping an eye on this whole 71 area. Still up 38 cents at uh, 70.68. Uh, gold falling back under 1800 down 930 at 1794 uh silver clinging to 25 that's down eight 17 cents at 2508 
Uh, Bitcoin still riding the crest of that conference. That's up uh, $245, 31865 And Ethereum's having a little bit better of a day. Uh, that's up $44.25 at night. 1985. So there's a look at some of the commodities and futures. Yo. And um, let's see. I, uh, someone says I'm slimming down. No, I'm not slimming down. I'm doing the same thing. I'm a I'm a buck eighty, buck eighty five all the time. So Joe, Joel's weight is as constant as the market's going higher. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You just need to sell the. You need to, you know, sell that. Uh, you know, the the strangle because it doesn't right. move much. But yeah. uh, should we? We got some. Should we just rip through some earnings before Mark comes? And, hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, because I do want to ask you: At what price would you consider buying more? Uh, well, I don't actually know if you own any Bitcoin, but uh, don't have any. Okay. Don't have any. Okay. So I'm thinking about buying more, both Bitcoin and Ethereum. At what price would you consider buying? Since you don't own any, at what price? Yeah, are you buying because I'm thinking about a hard here. I'm th- man. I really, besides wanting it uh, at um, you know fifty five and sixty, but it was going to a hundred, and I held back. My number is twenty, and uh, man, I, I, it just doesn't feel like it's going to get that. So I don't think this thirty is a bad area. Um, I wouldn't go all in at 30, but this it's just quiet down here. It had the update yesterday. You got the major support. You got monthly support here too. So the monthlies are the tell. So I, I, I think it's okay to nibble here. It just doesn't feel, you know, like you, you get feelings about stocks and the market and the indexes. And it feels like it's just stuck. It just doesn't have this, you know, the same pizzazz that it did before. So I like it down here. I, I, I like it down here. And then, you know, you keep the, you know, you don't go all in and then you get it back. I mean, the old breakout point, that would just be just too, uh, too much at 20. Just doesn't feel like it's going to get there. So I don't mind this area at all, Spencer. I just remember saying to myself at 50, like, yeah. you know, oh, if, if only I could get like, if only I could, you know, get it for, for 40 or 30 or 30 yeah. 20. Well, here's my shot. So why not? So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not saying I'm going all in. There are people no. that say Bitcoin has a great value at zero. Maybe you're right. I don't know. It's good. If it's good enough for, uh, you know, Jack Dorsey, Elon Musk and, and Kathy Wood, it's probably good enough for me to take a nibble. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, well, haven't done it yet, but strongly, strongly considering buying more because I, I own a very, very small amount of both cryptocurrencies. Uh, and RAG makes a good point. Sure. And, and he's saying, is it this at 50%? And I guess if you uh, figure yeah. it, well, I, I don't know where you're figuring it from. If you figure it from the 7,000 low, uh, we took, you know, we took that out considerable, but it all depends on where your, your point of destiny, you know, high and low is. But um, the monthlies, I mean, you got, you got three monthly red candles, right? Probably end up red this month, but it's stopping in the same area. So uh, I'm leaving. I mean, I'd rather be long Bitcoin to short Bitcoin here at this point. So uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And everyone's saying, you know, wait till it goes to 28 to 27 to 20. You know what? If Bitcoin goes to 100, I'm not going to care if I got it at 28 or 32. Yes. Or 35. You know, I'm not. I'm going to be. Happy either way, frankly. So I don't care. I'm not trying to get to the bottom here. I'm just trying to get it for, for a little bit cheaper than it was. Uh, you know who we should dust off? Um, 
Mr. Yusko. Okay. Why? You know, so he can talk us into it again? Yeah. I mean, he did. Uh, he, doesn't you know, talk he, me. he doesn't need to talk me into it. I'm already in it. But. Yeah. But, I mean, he made a good call before. So, yeah. S&Ps are leaking here. Do we got anything macro? Or are they saying something out of Europe? Or, uh, or what's going on here? Is, is Lagarde speaking right now? I think Lagarde is. She's no Draghi. I mean, I don't know how many times Draghi's blown me out of the water with his statements, <laughs> but uh, the dragster. Uh, you know, I haven't heard much out of the ECB for a while. Um, they're, they're supposed to what? They're supposed to um, make their their first comments since they, uh, they they lowered their global growth forecast, right? I think for the year. Um, I don't actually know what if she's speaking or what she's saying, but uh, I, I guess we're down a little bit from where we were a little a couple minutes ago. Uh, you know, Q's are still up for the morning. Um, yeah, yeah, tech well. strong. I've seen a yeah. lot of green here. Yeah. Uh, I've seen all green, uh, actually, uh, on my uh, my top 11 components, which right. I like to keep an eye on, which make up 30% of the index. So, uh, but uh, what we got market five minutes. Uh, let's do some earnings. I don't even know where to, where to begin, quite frankly. Uh, well, let's do the after hours stuff first. What did we have after hours yesterday? Uh, we, nothing too crazy. We had, we had Las Vegas Sands. We had Whirlpool. Let's go to LVS because that, that's, that's the reopening trade, right? Nice proxy <laughs> for, for that. Um, no surprise, they lost money, but they did miss the estimate by a little bit there. The EPS was a twenty-six cent loss versus a thirteen cent loss estimate. Um, they actually made over a billion dollars last quarter, which is impressive considering. I guess maybe not because you know they mostly reopened. Uh, anyway, that came in a smidge light. Uh, I didn't see any guidance for LVS. I don't, I don't know if they gave any. I, I didn't see it. This is one stock uh, that you know. I know Triple D's in, and, you know, people talk about it, and it to me, it just wasn't a hot, you know, it hasn't been a hot stock since, uh, you know, the middle of 2018. So, like, when you talk about buying good stocks on pullbacks and everything, I don't consider this, like, a, a good stock. Um, and it's just been behold. I mean, on the monthlies, I mean, there's not one monthly. I mean, there, there was a scratch candle here. Monthlies aren't telling you anything. Uh, pre market low, uh, comes in at um, 47.55. And man, oh man, there's your number. Uh, well, 48, it took that out. I mean, it, if you want to hold on here, and I know a lot of people are on this thing. Then I guess you're leading on this 46.15. Uh, that was your low on Monday. That was buffeted by a 46.79 low. So there's your support. But you know, if you're sticking your neck out here, it's a two buck risk. You're going. You're fighting the can. You're fighting monthly red candles here. So I'm kind of hands off on this one. As always, if you get a pop, the bottom of yesterday's range. Very close here, 48.06. So if you want to short this thing, you're not worried about the gap. You don't get your order out there at 48.05. Doesn't feel like we're going to see that closing price of 49.42. Uh, Texas Instruments is down this morning. Their numbers for last quarter were, were fine. Uh, here are the, the EPS uh, beat, the sales beat. Uh, going forward, they gave some EPS guidance. So that, that To me, it was in line, right? The, the range they gave – the Q3 EPS was in line with the estimate. The sales, the range they gave was also in line with the estimate. Uh, so unless there was a, thir- a third or fourth number that I, I don't know about, the numbers seemed mostly okay to me. Um, what is this? Analog sales uh, above the consensus, blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, yeah, the, the, the forecasts were above the estimate, so I'm not quite sure. Yeah, why they're whacking this thing. Uh, big day yesterday, reversal. People are jammed in this one. Uh, we'll say the bottom of yesterday's range, 188.45 is resistance. That's uh, a couple bucks away. And if you feel like you missed the bargain on Monday here, uh, 183.37 was your low on Monday. A couple other lows in that area. Uh, I guess the only problem is, is if you lose that, you're down 170, you know, could be at 175 in a heartbeat. So haven't got 184 pre-market low, 183.37 uh, low on Monday must hold support. But something they're not liking in this report, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, just so everyone knows in the chat, I am doing my absolute best to write down every ticker that I see. So we cover them during the show. Um, so just so you know, drop them in there, and I am doing my best to write them down as we go here. Uh, let, let's just bring Mark on here. Uh, Mark Chaikin is the founder of Chaikin Analytics, joins us every other uh, Thursday. Give us his thoughts on markets, what sectors he likes, what sectors he doesn't, and the endless rotation um, uh, between the two. Mark, good morning. Good morning. How has the week been treating you? Did, how hard did you buy the dip on Monday is what I want to know. I covered a few put spreads, but um, did not buy. However, on Tuesday, we triggered a an up volume reversal signal. And believe it or not, that's been 100% reliable when it's come within 10% of the high. So this is research that a great sentiment service does. But basically, you went from 15% up volume on Monday to 85% up volume on Tuesday. And that has been an incredible signal for roughly a one-month time horizon. So average gain of about 3.3% over a month. So uh, that sets you up for further gains here. When when you say up volume, is that just broad market volume increase or what? It's it's volume in the up stocks. Okay. It's it's part of the the trading ratio that's been around for years. It's sort of what the Marty Zweig uh, research showed over the years but this is a very specific pattern and you break it down does it come within 10 percent of the high or lower than 10 percent of the high and it's it's reliable when it comes near the peak okay so you had a reliable indicator on tuesday what did you do about it as i said covered some shorts on monday didn't do much in here i think we've got an up market but if you're looking at stocks reporting earnings, it's definitely a sell the news earnings season. So it's tough to uh, position yourself in stocks that are due to report. You, you saw a lot of examples of that this morning, including Texas Instruments, DR yeah. Horton. Re- regarding uh, LVS, by the way, Power Gauge has been bearish for three months, starting at 57. You're catching a knife in that one. Uh, I don't think I'd short it here because the news is out. People sort of know what the picture looks like. Um, yeah, the reopening's a bit of a a um, an uncertainty here. But I will say this about the uh, the reopening: it's the if if it if we go into some sort of mini lockdown, mini mask, mini shutdown mode, it'll be the most advertised shutdown ever. I mean, that's all people are talking about on the major media. So uh, although it's an uncertainty for the market and the Delta variant certainly looks like a problem, I think the momentum is going to continue here. 
Oh boy, I don't know if I want to get uh, that whole can of oh. worms. Uh, but the only thing I'll say is that if I, no matter how things go with this, if if people are reluctant to get vaccinations, what do you think the chances of people willing to go into a lockdown are? I mean, I just I think that you know the the line in the sand has been drawn. People have their opinions, and you know. If you're not getting your vaccine and they're going into lockdown, I don't think that you're staying. In. But, well, I don't think you're going into a lockdown. That's my. Either point. do I. It, it it would be the most well advertised, you know, adverse event, and they just don't happen that way typically. Uh, so exactly. we all, I think we all agree on the lockdown front. But let's just say hypothetically, let's just say like we did go into a lockdown. Don't you think, from the stock market standpoint, everyone remembers what happened last year? And the the market, I think the markets would even go higher on that because everyone would would so would 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 want to front run the dip that they think would come. Right? They might, but uh, I in that vein, what you saw on Monday Tuesday was a resurgence in the lockdown stocks, and I think that's that's a red herring. I, history doesn't repeat that easily. You know, the Peloton exactly, for the world that that was a real bogus move in my opinion and you know i think you've got to look elsewhere i i i think energy is a, is a place to go i think shipping is a place to be invested so if you're looking for specific ideas genko gnk yeah you mentioned Danios, yep. um, you know look at exports from places like japan south korea and taiwan exports are just booming and they're going to China, the U.S., and the Eurozone. So there's big demand on the import side from the developed economies, and there's big export activity, and that speaks well for shipping. So those two names uh, still have bullish power gauge ratings. I like them. Big, big pullbacks in both of them, DAC and uh, GNK. Mark, where are you at on this uh, uh, overheating inflationary environment versus a uh, slowdown in growth? <laughs> well, the, just look at the bond market. <laughs> you, you know, the 10-year the is really driving everything, uh, which actually, since the 10 years, 10 basis points off the low, as of this morning, you might be skeptical of the growth trade here. But... Uh, I'm not smart enough to know what inflation is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not asking for like it, you know. I'm I'm just talking about that disparity here. I mean, that you know, like crying for lower interest or for you know to fight inflation, and then you got pump and pile on, you know, saying no, 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 this is transitory, and then you got, I mean, the bond market. You know, I'm looking at the TLT here. I mean, it's had, it had a huge decline, right, from that March craziness from you know 180, you know, down to 135. So, I mean, people are getting all up, you know, this move here, but. Man, nothing goes straight down or straight up. It just could just be a counter trend move. I think that I think the economy's is doing okay. I, I think I, the, between the debate of inflation versus slowing down, I just think I just think we're going to muddle along. I do too. And under the theory that you want to fade the headlines, what have the major headlines been? Inflation, big problem. Economy is peaking. 
you know, all around the globe. So if you fade the headlines, you basically muddle along and continue higher. But the big, the big thing here is that the momentum that the market has built up trumps any sentiment, negativity. Yeah, true. Um, and, you know, interest rates have told you what you need to know. Even if inflation does become a problem, the market doesn't, the bond market doesn't believe it right now, which is, is bullish for stocks. You said GNK, and then what was the other one that you had? DAC. DAC, Detroit Athletic Club. Well, okay. Mark, would you ever play like the BDRY, the drywall shipping ETF? Uh, yeah, that's not a bad way to get exposure across the board. I was going with the ones that had a bullish power gauge rating. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you want to get broad exposure, absolutely. Okay. Um, Mitch pointing out that uh, Christine Lagarde just said the word transitory, so everyone take a drink. Um, uh, no, Mark, I, I'm curious. We never quite finished uh, the thoughts about the reopening trade. So where do you stand on that, broadly speaking? I think if you can find stocks in retail, I. I I think retail, specialty retail is interesting. And that's where I'm looking in terms of the reopening trades. So what are, what are you talking? Nike well, Hibbit, you know, Hibbits, HIBB uh, is pulled back a little bit from a new all time high. Um, it, you know, the market, a lot of these reopening trades are small caps and the small caps have been negatively impacted by falling interest rates. If you if you overlay the ten year on the IWM, you see almost a perfect correlation over the last twenty years. So there's a muddled playing field here, or a muddied playing field, because a lot of the reopening trades are small cap stocks, and so they've been negatively impacted here. That's an interesting point you bring up because small caps have, of course, been the weakest uh, area of the of the market. Uh, Recently, although not this week, actually, the, the, not the last two days. Um, everybody, myself included, has zeroed in on the fact that you had a, a 30 year extreme in small caps versus large caps or small caps versus tech. And typically you've bounced um, very nicely off that kind of an extreme. OK, so for like six months there, it was. Uh, um... You know, actually, never, I was gonna, I was gonna make a point about growth and value, but uh, never. Well, yeah, it's same thing. It's okay. growth and value. Small. I mean, small caps have become a proxy for value. Okay, okay, fine. So for six months there, uh, everyone was, oh, value is outperforming. Uh -huh. we we got you now, growth stocks. Look at us now, and uh, now it's gone back to the way things were. More. Well, or less. I, that goes back to the ten year. Okay. In my view, the okay. ten year peaked at one seventy five in April. And it dropped to 119, uh, I guess, on Monday. That part, part of what triggered Monday's decline, if you believe in those correlations. So that, re remember, this market is driven by computers. And when the computers see rates dropping, what do they do? They get out of value and into tech and growth. And, you know, the... the the sort of age of the active money manager is behind us, at least for now. So when you look at what computers do, the you know lower interest rates by Microsoft, 
buy Apple, buy Adobe. Higher interest rates, buy small caps. And so, get out of growth into value. And those, the computers are much more a factor here than they ever have been, and the passive funds. So I look, looking forward to next week. We've got earnings. We got Apple on Tuesday. Wednesday we got Facebook. Uh, we got PayPal. Uh, Amazon is somewhere in there as well. Um, looking ahead to, to, to next week with regards to tech, with regards to earnings, are you doing anything into it, or are you waiting for the prints? What's going to happen? Putting on some options trades in tech stocks that have been strong, power gauge bullish getting out of them ahead of earnings reports. It's that sort of standard Chicago floor traders trade. You buy the sort of uh, slightly out of the money option on tech stocks uh, in anticipation of a run up and an increase in implied volatility ahead of that. And um, But because it's a sell the news earnings season, uh, it's really tough to hold stocks into the print. Where you stand on the financials, Mark? If we're talking about interest rates and uh, uh, you know what, you know what's the main driver for some of these banks? J.P. Morgan, nice pullback off the high. I mean, people don't put in perspective. I mean, what J.P. Morgan? I mean, this is an unprecedented move for this thing, and uh, yeah, it moved up off the low. But look what it's done this year. Do you do you look at this as just like a healthy pullback after just you know I mean where did it end uh, it ended uh, uh, twenty at one twenty seven twenty one twenty seven we hit one sixty seven forty four last month I mean banks don't move like that now you got a pullback is this uh is this the pullback to buy or again, is, do you think it's turned I, again this these are the machines making equity decisions based on interest rates. When you say machines, Mark, are you talking, I mean, a machine for a day trade? Are you talking about a machine for a scalp? Are you talking more sophisticated machines that are trading things two, three, five, seven days? What's your definition? Because I mean, I know what I, you know, my definition is in high frequency trading and whatnot, but you seem to have a little bit more of an expanded definition. Well, I think it's, it, it goes from the most narrow time horizon, which is the HFT traders, but then it feeds into uh, asset allocators who are, you know, positioning for slightly longer trades of three, five, seven days. And the, the key here is that money moves very quickly now, as we know, and one time horizon can affect the next time horizon. So uh, in terms of the financials, if you have a long-term view of the economy as strong, you've got to buy the dips here. But technically, they obviously have done much more on the downside than one would have hoped. Uh, you want to hear an interesting stat? This is from uh, Bloomberg. Uh, so historically, uh, going back at least the last 30 years, typically the tech and financial sectors will trade in opposite directions about anywhere from like 25 to 30% of the time. So the majority of the time they're trading in the same direction um, or uh, on, an, on any given day. Um, this year, tech and financials have moved in the same direction half the time. So I mean, the other half, they moved in opposite directions and that's the highest it's been in, in thir- going back the last 30 years. So the correlation is not really there this year. I thought that was interesting. 
I think it's the rate of change of interest rates. Interest rates were stable in the one, the 10 year in the 150, 160 area for quite a while. And you had tech and financials trading together. It's when the rate of change of the 10 year gets extreme, then they go in opposite directions. Because if it's going down, then tech is in favor and the banks are not. And if it's, if it's sharply higher, but when interest rates are in a trading range, then they will trade together. And that's what you're seeing. I don't I, know that this helps anybody. You know, that's why I look at the technicals. I don't know either. <laughs> I, I, mean, I look at the technicals and the technicals tell me what I need to know. That's uh, it. Now, you know, we found support in the energy stocks, for instance, and then we broke support on, um, on Friday, Monday, but they're rebounding a bit. I think energy shipping are where I want to look for opportunities here. All right. And I want to be selling tech into earnings. We will follow up with that call in a couple of weeks. Mark Chaikin is the founder of Chaikin Analytics. Uh, Thanks, his, Mark. His name is on the screen. Somebody was asked about. Uh, somebody was asking about his uh, the rating he was citing. That's the Power Gauge rating right there. It's on his website, ChaikinAnalytics.com. Uh, so Are you out of Connecticut? You're out in Connecticut now, right? You're I not in Philly. Happily so. Okay. Bummer. So, I was going to be in Philly next week, but oh my gosh! Well, yeah. checking out the Liberty Bell. That's fun. Good restaurants in Philly. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. Catch you. Be well. All right. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs> 